Hi, this is Dr. Brian McDonough. Joseph Stalin was dictator of the USSR from 1929 to 1953. During that time, he had a brutal reign, one of paranoia, one of power, and one of crushing his opponents. Today on a very special Dr. Brian McDonough show, we are going to interview Richard Overy. Richard Overy is a professor at the University of Exeter. He is the editor of the Times Complete History of the World. Joseph Stalin, through the eyes of a world expert in history, coming up on the Dr. Brian McDonough Show. Well, Stalin was an unpredictable um, choice as dictator. Uh, for a long time, he was a rather minor player in the Bolshevik Party in Russia. Um, he played some part in the Russian Revolution itself, uh, but the other Bolshevik leaders generally regarded him as rather second rate, always on the edge of conversations and always sitting at the edge of the room, but not somebody who would you know, take anything by storm. Um, but Stalin was a very clever man, um, and he was obsessed with the success of the revolution, the triumph of communism. He was convinced that that was what was necessary. Um, and so he found a way of increasing his own power in the party structure. He was general secretary of the Central Committee. Uh, he had dossiers on everybody. He was the one that organized meetings. Uh, he was the one who uh, had links with the security service and so on and so on. And he used all these very cleverly to outmaneuver any potential rivals in the party. Um, and when he uh, became general secretary, nobody there had in 1922, nobody there had a real sense that he was going to be the great authoritarian leader that he became. Um, it was a slow process. It's not really until the end of the 1920s that we can really say that Stalin is an absolute dictator. Um, but his commitment all his life, he always said, was to the revolution, to achieving communism, making communism a worldwide movement. And his personal power, as he saw it, was a key to achieving that. Well, Stalin was very aware, of course, of the vulnerability of Russian leaders. I mean, this goes back a long way, you know, the murder of Tsars in the 18th century. Um, he was obsessed about security. He checked everything all the time. Um, he made sure uh, that he was always a step ahead, I think, of anybody who he regarded as a potential rival. Or indeed, if there were potential rivals, they ended up, of course, in the gulag, in the concentration camps, uh, or, of course, dead. Um, he was a ruthless man because he believed that uh, only he, Stalin, would secure the revolution, protect it, and enlarge it. And if anybody tried to trespass on that, well, they would suffer the consequences. So people were, were terribly afraid of Stalin. But on the other hand, he aroused great admiration, too, as the man at the center of the revolutionary transformation of Russia. The peasants in Ukraine, he regarded as mini capitalists. They were people who, who were obstructing the path towards collective agriculture, you know, communist agriculture. Uh, and if they obstructed it, they would suffer the consequences. Uh, that was true of ethnic groups that he felt opposed to the revolution. He didn't like Jews either and thought that Jews too were likely to subvert the revolution, which explains his later anti-Semitism. He had, you know, he identified other individuals or indeed whole social or ethnic groups as potential threats to the revolutionary achievement. In today's world, if we bring it to present state, are there leaders out there like him today that you see, or was he just one of a kind? 
Well, it's very tempting, of course, to say that many of the uh, authoritarian leaders since the Second World War, cruel ones, and there have been plenty of those, uh, are you know, little Stalins. It's no accident that Saddam Hussein, for example, had a bust of Stalin, I think, or a picture of Stalin in his office. Stalin was much admired by you know, politicians who wanted to be dictators. Um, there's never been anybody quite like Stalin, but then Stalin faced a set of very unique historical circumstances in Russia in the 1920s and 1930s. You know, there's, no, there's no point in trying to compare Putin with Stalin, authoritarian though he is. Uh, Stalin, yes, really is historically a one-off. It's interesting you say not to compare Putin with, with Stalin. Uh, if you could describe the differences in your eyes. Well, at the end of the, the, end of the day, you know, Putin is in charge of a modern state which is already developed it's industrially, agriculturally and so on, uh, has a powerful armed force. Um, he, he doesn't need to achieve the domestic uh, transformation that Stalin had to achieve, and that's the big difference. Uh, and Stalin, it has to be said, was always cautious in his foreign policy. Um, he had on the whole war thrust on him, not the other way around. Whereas Putin is an, you know, he's a hubristic leader. He's ambitious to expand Russia again. He's ambitious territorially. Uh, and that makes him, I think, rather different from Stalin. Putin gets rid of political enemies the same way that Stalin did. Um, and I suppose if, you know, there's anything common, that would be a common thread. Though it has to be said that there's a long tradition in Russian politics of authoritarian rule. Uh, and ruthless terror, not something invented by Putin. And one would hope that, you know, if Putin disappears or is overthrown, he'll be replaced by a coterie of people who are, in the end, perhaps committed to bringing Russia back to a more genuine dem democracy. Well, the interesting thing, I think, is that the West during the Second World War particularly suspended their disbelief. They knew a lot about what the Stalin system was, and um, they knew a lot of what Stalin had imposed on his people, uh, but they turned a blind eye to that because their priority was to keep Stalin in the war and fighting Hitler because they couldn't defeat Hitler on their own, not easily. Um, and so, you know, that bound the three leaders together and Stalin was happy with that because the United States provided a huge quantity of economic and military aid, without which the Soviet war effort would have been uh, very much uh, poorer. Um, but I think that as soon as the war ended, um, the leaders that succeeded, Churchill and Roosevelt, uh, Truman and Attlee, they didn't really have any illusions about Stalin. You know, the Cold War is often blamed on the Soviet Union, but actually the Cold War is also the anti-communism of the West. Once the war against Hitler was over, that anti-communism could come to the fore again. There, there were clearly similarities in the way in which dictatorship operated. It doesn't mean that they're the same or that their ideology was the same, because it wasn't, certainly not. Uh, but the way in which they practiced dictatorship, there were some strong similarities, not just the reliance on the security system and terror, but the cult of personality, developing a larger-than-life personality projected to the people so that the people would follow you because they thought, you know, Stalin, you know, he's uh, you know, the father of our people, or, you know, Hitler, he's the prophet leading us to the promised land, and so on. Um, there were other aspects of that uh, practice, too, uh, the pretense, for example, that they were actually democracies. Uh, Stalin pretended that the Soviet Union was the most democratic place in the world because, you know, the communists you know, liked um, the idea of uh, 
of liberating the proletariats and the peasantry. Uh, Hitler too argued that the Third Reich was a pure democracy because it represented the interests really of the pure German people, etc., etc. So there were curious parallels in the way in which they operated their dictatorships and projected their power. But at the end of the day, of course, Stalin wanted a communist world. At the end of the day, Hitler wanted a Germanic empire. These were two very different things. On the whole, we don't learn lessons very well from history. You know, if you wanted a lesson, the lesson would be to look out for a putative dictator, somebody you know who you know, doesn't looks pretty unobtrusive, um, but in the end takes over supreme power. How do you tell who these people are? How do you tell the context which is going to generate them? Well, historians can tell you something about that, what to look out for, but it can't really tell you what to do to stop it. But nobody uh, thought that the Soviet Union would survive Hitler's attack in June 1941. They thought that the Soviet Union would crumble as Hitler did. Uh, it didn't, and Stalin emerged as really quite a remarkable wartime leader uh, even willing to admit his own mistakes, uh, willing to rely more and more on other people to be able to achieve what had to be achieved, managing the war at a micro level as well as a macro level, um, pretty effectively, ruthlessly, but pretty effectively. Uh, and after 1945, um, the defeat of Hitler became a founding moment, if you like, for the post-war Soviet Union. And it went on right through to the 1980s, memory of the Second World War and Stalin's achievement in defeating Hitler. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are, and I, I appreciate sharing uh, your expertise. Oh, my pleasure.